Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? Fantastic. I'm feeling absolutely fabulous today. I hope you are as well. I hope all of you out there are feeling healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) You decide uh, which one you don't feel and work on that for today. Uh, It's going to be a great day today. This is, I know it's a little wet out there. At least it is here. We're in our rainy season, and uh, which is interesting because go from a rainy season from a snowy season to a rainy season I think I like the rain a little better uh, but uh, we'll see (laughs) as long as it's not raining too much but uh, anyway I hope you are doing fantastic and I hope your day is dry and and that the weather for you is just the way you would like it to be and that you're going to have a fabulous day that you got up this morning and you were thankful for and grateful for everything that you have and for waking up. I know I sure was. And that today is going to be the first day of the rest of your life. This is going to be one of your best days because you are fabulous. You are fabulous. Everything about you is great. And you're going to share that with the world today. And you're going to share that through your kindness and your generosity and your compassion. And you're going to love yourself and love connecting with people today. It's going to be a good day to do that. It's going to be a good day to work towards your goal. Let every step you take move you forward today toward that thing that you're searching for. And maybe today is the day that you find it or you start beginning to peel back the layers of that impo- that big ball of things that you wanted to do and you're seeing you're making progress as the layers keep pulling back as you continue to work and yeah you may have dropped off for a second maybe you had intended to work out today and you didn't get to do that or any of this any of the last week or or perhaps you ate that large hot fudge sundae like they have at the Cheesecake Factory. And if you guys have not had that, that might be a cheat day you want to you wanna experience. It's absolutely fantastic. But if you did that, you did it. Don't beat yourself up over it. Get back. Get back into the swing of things because this is your life and you make the choices. And you should choose to be your best and to be happy and to live your best life and to move toward that every day. You decide whether or not you're going to be happy today. You decide whether or not you're going to make the best of this day. Everything is in your hands. And with that, I want to talk a little bit of today. As I was, as I was sitting at the Cheesecake Factory, I probably thought that's why that reference came in. As I was sitting at the Cheesecake Factory, I met a very interesting individual. His name is Mike Lance, and Mike is our guest today. And we talked about a whole bunch of things. Mike is a is a fellow radio, uh, music radio personality. Uh, 
And so we talked about him. <laughs> we talked about, you know, a little bit about his life and uh, a little bit about challenges that he has. And as I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, he would be a great person to come on and share his story. So I asked him and he accepted. And that's why Mike is here today. But he's also here because the subject matter that we're going to talk about today, I think, is extremely relevant uh, in our times because we walk around with everybody. And sometimes people, uh, because we're we're just walking and, and thinking about ourselves or we're in our heads or on our technology. We don't see people for who they are or we don't see people at all. You know, we just see these things blurring by. And that particularly becomes true when you have people uh, with disabilities. We sort of ignore them or act as if they don't exist in the world. And they are very much in the world uh, today. There are more than 50 million Americans, at least, uh, which is about 18% of our, pos- our population, have disabilities. And each one, for businesses out there, each one of them is a potential customer. And as I was reading up a little bit more on this, what I didn't think about, which is actually so true, You see people with disabilities living more independently, Uh, they're taking more control of their lives, they're participating more in their community, probably than ever before. Um, Because as a community, we've also changed our lens, I would say, or changed our mindset on how we think about people with disabilities. And and to some degree, and probably not as much as we, we should or they would like, we have stopped putting them in this box as helpless, as unable to fend for themselves, as in some cases as mindless people, as mindless objects that we have to do something with. Um, many people with disabilities are extremely independent and want to be independent and don't want you to treat them as though they have a defect, if you will. I'm use, I use that word very broadly and very loosely, not to offend anybody, but just treat them as you would anyone else. And so they have families. They don't want to be patronized, um, but they want to be, they want to go into businesses just like everybody else. And they buy things and they purchase. They have great purchasing power. Uh, and they want to be welcomed as customers, not as seen as an issue or a problem. And if you think about it, if we have right now approximately 71.5 million baby boomers who will be over the age of 65 by the year 2030, and they will be demanding products and services and environments that meet their age-related physical needs. Some of them may have disabilities or be considered having disabilities, and those environments will need to address those concerns as well. And one thing for people out there who have businesses, particularly small businesses as well as large businesses, but small business you need to think about as well. Once a person with disabilities finds a business where they can shop or get their services in an accessible manner, which means that they can do it themselves or they Mm -hmm. have the ability to do it, they tend to become repeat customers. And isn't that what businesses strive for all the time? They want you to come back. 
to their business. They want you to work uh, with their business. They want you to spread the word uh, that uh, everyone is welcome. And so with that, I'm going to bring Mike in. And Mike, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just fine. How are you? I want to thank you for letting me be on your radio program, on your podcast program, if I could say it, on uh, Voice America. And it's really a pleasure and an honor to be on this program today. Oh, well, thank you, Mike, for, for accepting um, uh, the the invite. I really appreciate it. Um, right. I, I want our, our my guests, I mean, my listeners to know a little bit about who Mike Lance is. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where did you come from, a little about sure, your family? I was um, yeah. born in Miami Beach. I weighed one pound, 15 ounces, went down to one pound, nine ounces, and... Um, actually, one pound, nine and a half ounces, went to uh, Jackson Memorial Hospital from Mount Sinai. And um, I had what they call RLF, which is retrolentofibroplasia. Today they call it ROP, retinopathy of prematurity. It's um, caused from too much oxygen that destroyed the retina. It was um, a um, situation where um, babies in the 30s, 40s, and 50s were were born premature. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I um, was born here in Miami, went to kindergarten school down here, and went to elementary, and um, went to a little bit of junior high. I left, went to Perkins School for the Blind for three years back in 66, mm-hmm. and uh, stayed there till 1969. My parents moved there to Boston in 1967. I have a sister. She's um, going to be 64 years old on June 28th. I'm now 66. I didn't care for Perkins because... They wanted me to be less outgoing and different, and they mm. sent me back a few years. Okay. And um, I um, came back to Miami, and uh, I majored in, um, I finished high school in 74. Mm-hmm. Wow, 45 years, can't believe it. <laughs> and I majored in um, broadcasting. I've always wanted to be a disc jockey. Okay. And... Unfortunately, the radio industry has changed quite a bit, and it was very, very difficult to get into radio, but we'll get into that later. Right. Okay. And um, I, uh, my parents were teachers. My dad also was a linotype operator, refereed basketball. He wanted me to be independent, and so did uh-huh. my mom. My mom's still living. She's 96 years old. Wow. And my dad died in 2003. Mm. And I spoke at his funeral. And I also had a chance to go to the gym with my dad and exercise, lift weights, and I would go to the park on the weekends, and we would go 
two-seater bike riding, roller skating, running, and he wanted me to be as energetic and active as I possibly could be. Mm. And mm -hmm. I'm like that today. I go to the gym, work on the treadmill for 30 minutes, and work on the bike for 30 mm -hmm. minutes or so, have some weights here in the room, work with them, do push-ups and crunches, and I'm trying to lose weight. Okay. You're not that big, Mike. No. <laughs> you are trying to lose weight along with all the rest of us out here trying to right. to lose weight or get fit or get fit. I, I, I just want to go back a little bit um, because, uh, well, too, let me do this first. Let me also say um, this is a live show. Anyone want to call in and ask Mike any questions or ask us any questions or, or provide any commentary? It's 1-888-888. 3469141 or for you uh, international folks it would be 0014805535760 so we appreciate uh, your call again 18883469141 uh, in the US or internationally 0014805535 5760. By the way, um, I answer all questions. Yes, you do. <laughs> and there's a reason why I say that because okay. I was with a broadcasting group at one time and they were speaking about the situation that was going on about the presidency and different things like that. Uh -huh. And I asked a question, and I told him, one of the people, that I enjoyed his book, and then I asked another one if, if his book was going to be in Braille, and he said no, and I wanted to meet them after the show, and they just left, just like mm. that. Famous okay. broadcasting group. Yeah. It was Salem Media. Um, and um, anyway, I... Try to answer all questions, and um, I don't leave until the last question is answered. I'm also a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. I speak to groups of people about whatever they want me to talk about. Mm -hmm. I just spoke a few weeks ago over at a place called Villa Maria Nursing Home, spoke mm -hmm. about motivation, spoke about nursing care, mm -hmm. and spoke about myself as a blind person. Mm -hmm. And I also spoke, I was a um, banquet speaker at a broadcasting convention in Missouri, St. Charles, Missouri. Uh -huh. And I'm going to be speaking in a few weeks in Sunrise, Florida at a uh, nutrition center. And uh, they have um, some blind people there. Uh -huh. And I'm going to try to get them out and try to get them motivated. Okay, Mike, I want to I want to take you back just a, just a little bit because you grew up in a period of time where things were very different oh, yeah. uh, in terms of the way that they responded to or interacted with or thought of I would say a person with a disability. And and I want to make sure I'm doing I would get this right because I think there are. Uh, I think people struggle with, you know, how do you uh, relate or define or talk about someone 
who has a disability. Uh, do you do you relate to them with the disability first? Uh, I refer to them that way, such as, for example, would I say you're a blind person or do you say a person with blindness? Um, uh, I, and and I, I think if you could give some context around how, as you were growing up and as you were um, uh, 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 moving through the world, back in the 60s, 70s, what was it like um, having that disability? How how were you treated? How did you, what did you feel? Well, okay, good question. Uh, Number one, I I want people to treat me, you know, if they say I'm I'm blind, you know, that's about it. Um, Okay, to give you two quick examples. Number one, back in 1974, I was at um, Southwest High, and I wanted to be on the wrestling team. The coach would not work with me because he said it, it would take too much time. Then I was a member of a club called Vicar, and I went into my electronics class, and my teacher said, well, uh, the club is going to Disney World. I said, okay, great, I'd love to go. Oh, no, you can't go. I said, why not? Well, we don't have anybody to take care of you, or we don't have the insurance. I said, wait a minute, I do fine, okay? He said, no, no, there's some things that you have to realize that you can't do. I said, wait a minute, yes, I can. He said, wait a minute, if you don't tell anybody what I've, what we're going to do, or anything like that, if you don't tell anybody anything, here's what we'll do. We'll go, I'll take you flying on a Cessna. You'll be able to fly a Cessna. And then we'll go to a radio station. At that time, it was WKAT. They mm-hmm. were a talk station on the beach. I said, okay. But what I did was, number one, I went to tell a uh, former teacher of mine who is also blind, who is no longer living. His name was... Dr. Hodge is very inspiring teacher, very good, and he um, worked with us even in junior high, and I talked to him. He couldn't do anything about the situation. So anyway, I went to, he said, well, um, you know, they they can't do anything about it because of the fact that um, I can't really work with you on this situation. Okay, Mike, um, I want you to hold on. Mike, hold on. Um, We're going to go to a break, and then we're going to finish. We're going to let you finish that story, okay? Okay. We'll see you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's 
says, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the Inside Out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back, Carla. Uh, we're here with Mike Lance. Uh, again, if you have any questions, call in the U.S. one eight 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 three four one nine. Excuse me, three four six nine one four one, or internationally zero zero one four eight zero five five three five seven six zero. And before we left for the break, Mike was telling us about uh, um, how he. Uh, experience life uh, growing up in the 60s and 70s and he was giving us a story telling us a story which I'd like him to to go ahead and, and finish now about uh, a field trip that his class was going on and uh, and what that ex- what 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 happened there so Mike I'm gonna let you finish okay then what happened was I couldn't get anywhere with my teacher, former teacher, who was a guidance counselor at the time. I went flying, and then we went to the radio station, not once but twice. It was fun, okay, but at that time I would have, I think, rather have gone to Disney World. And there was also another situation where I was on a gymnastic team, worked on the high bar. They would only let me go to one meet because they claimed insurance. And my dad came with me. I did pull-ups and did pull-overs on the high bar and did really well, and everybody was very happy about that. But Mm -hmm. anyway, we are moving a little forward now. In the 1990s, ADA was invented or was enacted, yeah, was signed into law. Disabilities Act, right? I think that well, there are pros and cons with it, and I don't really know that much about it. I had a very, very good friend, Bob Lesney, who unfortunately passed away last year. Mobility instructor 
teacher, and um, he was a champion of ADA. Okay. He died, unfortunately. He was in Orlando, but um, he was very unique and very inspiring in many ways. A lot of people didn't understand him, but he was a nice person. But ADA, I find, I think has opened up a lot of, in a way, opportunities for the disabled. But number one, the problem that we're having is a lot of people still don't want to hire the the disabled. The unemployment rate, for example, of the blind in this country, I believe, is about 70 to 80 percent hmm. because people are afraid to hire the, the handicapped. Hmm. They're afraid that blind people will get hurt. They're afraid of insurance, and I found that out with this situation here where I'm living, mm. where I had to fight my way in to get everything together with the place where I live. They didn't want me to go out at first. They claimed uh, they were responsible. Then they claimed that um, they were liable. They had a meeting with my mother. At that time, I wasn't invited to go. Came home with a friend of mine. They were not going to renew my lease. Called up a few people because I wondered what I was going to do. I couldn't find anything even at that time. The blind agency, my counselor said, do what they want you to do. Uh, they're responsible for you. I said, no, they're not. Then I spoke to an attorney, and the attorney told him if they didn't change the decision, it would be in the courtroom I won. So what I'm simply saying is that blind people need to fight for their rights, unfortunately. Mm. And the whole thing is education, no mm. matter how you look at it. Let me do a little education for our audience right now. Just learn, for some of you who don't know what the Americans with Disabilities Act is, it became into law in 1990, a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination against individuals with disabilities in all areas of public life, including jobs, schools, transportation, and all public and private places that are open to the general public. So the purpose of the law is to make sure that people with disabilities have the same rights and opportunities as everyone else. Even though, I, The yeah. problem is, uh, number one, well, the problem is a lot of people in the law enforcement agency have no idea about how to work with disabled people and people in the medical field. I am a motivational speaker. I hand mm -hmm. out cards to people mm -hmm. uh, with my picture on them, and it tells a little bit about my life and about what I do. Uh -huh. And then, unfortunately, I do not get that much response. And mm -hmm. I, my rates are very good. I usually charge about $50 an hour to speak. Like mm -hmm. I said, I answer all questions, and I don't leave until the last question is answered. Right. And I find that people just 
don't understand about how to deal with with uh, the the blind. Okay. People think that if you're blind, it's either the end of the world mm-hmm. or it's the most scariest thing in the world you could do. You could I help. would imagine it is it is scary for for those people who used to be sighted, right. but who are now uh, blind, versus somebody who was born with uh, being blind. Because that's the being blind is what they know. They they've grown up or were indoctrinated into the world that way, and so oh, it's, yeah, I I love it. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time when I'm heading out to Walgreens or somewhere. They say, "Why are you out by yourself?" I say, "Because I want to be." Mm-hmm. And they say, "Well, you shouldn't be outside by yourself." I say, "Why?" Because it's dangerous. I say, "If it's so dangerous, why are you out there by yourself?" <laughs> And it, it, so, it's sad people just don't know about it. Yeah, they don't know. I think that um, they don't know or, or don't completely understand uh, because a lot of folks don't don't have a lot of encounters with uh, people who are blind. Maybe because right. they are, um, or I don't know if they still are, but probably less so. But they do tend to be... Um, put in more protective environments, I guess I would say, uh, so that they're always uh, coupled with someone else and people don't or tend not to want to approach you because they don't want, they don't know what to say or how to, how to address uh, someone. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody months ago and he said, you know, I ran into somebody at a college who was blind. I said, did you talk to him? No. I said, what was he majoring in it? I don't know. What was his name? I don't know. You know, it's like, number one, we're either ignored out in public, like if you go to a party, people don't really come up to you to talk to you. That's why I always like to go to a restaurant and like to, I want to sit by people, okay? Even in dating situations, oh my gosh, dating situations, it's really bad because a lot of women find it difficult going out with a blind person. Mm. Usually when when people say, well, I can't handle it, I say, well, I'm sorry, you know, I, I'm trying to help you as much as I can. Well, I can't handle it. I usually have nothing to do with, with them, but one lady that couldn't handle it, but she said, well, will you still be my, my friend? I said, okay, I will. And I'm kind of going out with a lady that I kind of like. She's a lot younger, but even though I think deep down inside, she can't handle it because she says, oh, I wish you could see this. I wish you could see that. Mm. You know, I don't want to hear about that. I really mm. don't. I mean, I was like that at one time. At one time, I wished I could see, but... Uh-huh. I'm I'm happy with with what I am, and most most of my blind friends um, don't really want to see. I think if I could see, it would be a lot harder for me. I'd have to get used to everything that was around my around me. Mm. I I think it goes into people understanding and, and understanding on both sides in terms yeah. of the of, of the seeing public as as well as the blind public understanding each other and what each other 
needs oh, yeah. uh, are. Uh, and and it, it goes to taking time to getting to know each, each other. And so you can better uh, talk with each other, so you can better interact with, with, with each other. Uh, when you mentioned dating, I thought about, I'm going to date myself here. I don't know if you guys uh, remember a show called Designing Women. And they had a character on there called Suzanne Sugarbaker. They the the they had a um, inter- interior um, design uh, company based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and Suzanne was a beauty queen. So she was so used to men looking at her and being attracted to her, and they had a character on there one a couple of shows who was blind. And he was attracted to Suzanne and wanted to date her. And she didn't know how to deal with it because she said, well, how he can't see how beautiful I am. And so he trying to explain to her, you know, you know, describe, you know, you know, what it, what you're looking at or just tell me what it is or how you feel about it. Um, and. Uh, she wondered, you know, well, how can he smell my perfume when I don't have that much on? Or how can I, how do you know who I am? Because he could tell by the way she walked. Um, oh, yeah, that's how a lot of, a lot of yeah. parents, if they find out that their daughter is going out with a blind man, they say, well, why are you going out with a blind man? You should be with a sighted person, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that. And... Uh, a lot of parents get really upset about that because they say, well, you won't be able to see the kids that you have or whatever. Right. You know, it's really sad. Right, right. But I, I brought the show up because they brought to light that issue uh, in terms of working with, they brought up a lot of issues, but I was thinking of that one when you're talking to me. You know, how do you relate to, how do you get to know uh, someone with disabilities and, and and just the opposite? Uh, how does someone with disabilities get to know the sighted, a sighted person? Um, uh, because I think it's a, a mutual respect and a mutual understanding uh, of the individuals that that will make a difference in terms of how we move forward. Uh, what in I do the is world. I just go up and talk to people, like say hi, how are you? What's your name? Where are you from? And um, that's how we get. That's how I um, I open it up for people. I just wish people were more understanding today and more cordial. Do you think that people are are not as uh, understanding today, or do you think they're more understanding, or do you think there's still some of that fear of of not knowing or not relating, uh, understanding how, or maybe in some instances, uh, not even caring about um, getting to know or relating to uh, people with disabilities? I, that I would think be that people still don't, in a way, and these are my opinions, and mm-hmm. they do not necessarily reflect. The views and participants on Voice America. <laughs> I think that people <laughs> just don't don't understand or, or really want to relate at times. Yeah, and I and tell me this. I'm going to ask you this question because sometimes I feel like uh, um, there's an anger uh, with even people who have disabilities that they are angry 
Um, and I don't know if it's with uh, the way they're, they've been treated by the sighted, if you will, community, or they're angry about the fact that they have this disability or, or that people uh, treat them um, like they have a disability as opposed to just treating them as they would anybody else. Well, that's, a, I- that's a great question. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I find that a lot of blind people can be very angry at the sighted community. I know I was a little bit, you know, and um, that's why I, I go to counseling to to deal with that. But my counselor doesn't really understand about, um, he is learning about blindness, and which is good, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that a lot of, well, blind people can be very angry with other blind people, or blind people can be very angry with the sighted community, mm-hmm. I think, because people just don't understand. It's like a two-way street. Yeah. yeah. And even though we see, I mean, the, the you know, nothing, that, no law that comes out necessarily will change behavior, but... Even with the enactment of the uh, 1990 Disabilities Act and with the amendment in 2008, I think it was, of the act, um, I think the uh, actions of individuals or behaviors are harder to change. And even perceptions are harder to change. You know, I think we're we're seeing more and more um, uh, of people with disabilities on, on them in the media. And so that is helping to um, give a different image and change some of that, I think, perception. I think businesses are beginning to or have started hiring um, people uh, uh, with, with a variety of disabilities. Um, well, what happened last year with the situation about the fact that, number one, uh, there was a lady who called up a the police and said that there was an autistic person. They didn't know if he had a gun or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to, he didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And this lady called the police and the, um, or the aide who was working with the autistic person trying to, Uh, trying to get him back in the room and the house or whatever. And the police came by and they thought that he had a gun. It turned out to be a toy car. But, right. the, but the police told the, told the autistic person and the aide to lie down. Right. And the aide said, don't shoot me. Um, I'm helping this autistic person. Unfortunately, the, poli- the police shot the, the aide in the yeah. leg. And they were going to shoot the autistic person. The yeah. thing is, a lot of law enforcement agencies have no idea about how to deal with the blind or, or the yeah. autistic. Yeah. Okay, we're going we're gonna to finish up. We're going to talk more about that because you bring up a very interesting uh, piece about disabilities that I want to get to, but we'll do that right after the break. Okay. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show hey welcome back uh before we left, uh, Mike was telling us about uh, uh, an incident here in Florida uh, where uh, an aide got shot. Uh, mm-hmm. She was trying to protect uh, or keep the police from um, uh, shooting a gentleman who had autism uh, because they thought the object in his hand was a gun. And it was actually a toy. Um, and that brought up two things for me that, that I think we should uh, definitely mention. And one is, you know, when we talk about disabilities, we're not talking about, uh, disabilities don't also refer to, only refer to physical disabilities. So those things you can see, it could be mental disabilities as well. So um, when you talk about autism, I don't know that people think of that as person, somebody who has a disability. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is. Mental illness, you know, uh, can, al- is, can also be a disability so so that those disabilities we think of are not just those things that are physical but there are also other things that you don't necessarily see in fact someone can have a disability and you never know it unless they bring it unless they bring it to your attention so that brings very much to the brings us very much to the fact that and, and I think something Mike that you keep alluding to is that for police or law enforcement people our people in, in the justice system really need to understand and be able to identify uh, or help to identify those situations where uh, the use of force uh, with someone with a disability uh, is not necessary. I think you mentioned as we were ta- uh, we were on break uh, that years ago a blind gentleman was sitting waiting uh, at, waiting for at a bus stop, I think you said, and the police yeah. mis- mistook his cane for a gun and beat him up or so you know we've got to we've got to help our law enforcement get better trained cuz their intent is to is to protect us and we shouldn't be afraid of them um we sh- we should not have to fear law enforcement but many of us do uh for a variety of different reasons so we've got to get 
better training, um, better hiring of police officers, get them better experiences um, so that so that this doesn't continue to happen. But I want to I want to move just a little away a little from the uh, uh, issue of disabilities, Mike, and I want to talk a little bit about your um, experience in uh, radio. Oh, good. Uh, that's my favorite subject. <laughs> so you, how long have you been in radio? Uh, I've been in radio on and off for uh, uh, years. I started out at a um, uh, country music station. It was um, I worked with the FM. It was WYGL, kind of a magic format, like a soft rock format thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I also worked at a um, station in uh, Miami Beach called uh, WSBH. It was WMBM at first, and it was WSBH. And uh, I did a talk show called Lance, L-A-N-T-Z, Line, L-I-N-E. And I also was a producer, and I worked uh, there. And uh, with the talk show, I talked about anything and everything, whatever people wanted me to talk about. Mm-hmm. I actually got my career started over at Miami-Dade South, where I worked for 30 minutes, and um, I was known as the midday mouth of Miami-Dade South, mm-hmm. and I used to go on the air and say, hello there, everybody, this is yours truly, the golden goodie from the nitty-gritty city. Brother Mike Lance, <laughs> I'm here to put more dips in your hips, more gland in your stride, and more cut in your strut, and if you can't <laughs> dig it, you know you got a hole in your soul. <laughs> All right, Mike. <laughs> in fact, That's That's- if I can give a another thing, yeah. uh, years ago I ran into a guy who I got to meet from my father and a famous doctor. His name was Dave Connor, and Dave Connor was an engineer at one time, and he worked at a classical station. I said. Hi, Dave. Nice to meet you. He said, nice to meet you. I said, Dave, you know, I still remember the thing that you said in the early 1970s on the radio. He says, what was that? And I said the following. All freedom of speech as individuals is the most valuable part of our American heritage. WKT is proud to dedicate its facilities as a medium of exchange for your opinions so that you may exercise your right to be heard. The WKT marketplace of ideas is open. He says, you remember that? I said, yeah. He said, wow, that was a long time. He was very, very impressed. (laughs) How long have you been in radio? Um... Been in radio since on and off since about nineteen about nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, okay. something like that. Okay. I even okay. worked at a classical station for one day, WKAT. Okay. Never I got paid, but I never got to meet the, the general manager, but at mm. least I got paid. The station was just about to sell anyway. Okay. And um, I would like to get back into it, but I find that radio has changed so much. Mm-hmm. It's really sad the mm-hmm. way it's gone. Why do you say that? What do you mean? Uh, well, there's no more personality. Everything is either voice track or it's music of the 80s, 90s, and today. Mm-hmm. And stations don't take requests or have special weekends like 
Million Dollar Weekend or Golden Weekend or Command Performance Weekend. In fact, mm-hmm. I did a program on a non-commercial station that I helped out with. We were trying to get a um, radio reading service together back in the early 80s, but it never happened. The station's mm-hmm. still on the air, WDNA 88.9. Mm-hmm. I did a show called Command Performance, mm-hmm. and um, where I played oldies and talked up records. Okay. And um, the whole industry's changed so much. It's really sad. Mm. Well, I don't have what they call specialty weekends anymore, mm-hmm. like they could be doing. There's so much they could be doing. I don't know if that's the whole market or if it's just in this area. Oh, no, uh, the whole market. It's everywhere you go. Okay. I I notice that we play a lot of oldies. Uh, I, I, for one, uh, love singers. So... Uh, while I think rap is important, I don't think every song has to have a rap lyric in it. I love right. to hear uh, people who sing, who can sing, not auto-tune, but who really have a voice and who really know how to work and use their instrument. And from everything that I'm gathering, we don't hear a lot of those kinds of people on the radio anymore Uh, and a lot of it's market driven though you know the radio is a business and so they're going to play or respond to what the public wants and right now it appears uh, at least for a little while maybe longer the the public wants more rap and hip-hop or that seems to be taking over uh, the waves but I think there's a an undercurrent um, because they keep playing the older, uh, older songs, older, older music. I think there's a wave, uh, uh, an undercurrent there that says we want more of that because those were good songs. Those that was good music, uh, be it rock and roll or R and B. Well, the way the way it works yeah. is it's unfortunate, and I've done studies on on this. Um, there's okay. a, a book about something called something in the air mm-hmm. they have what they call uh, research groups where right. people go out and they have you sit in the room and you hear like 10 to 20 seconds of a song and if people like it they raise their hand and they say okay that's going to be played or whatever and it's Unfortunate that, like, this, the kind of radio that I grew up with is with wonderful WQAM, which is now a sports station. They were known as Tiger Radio. They were known as um, the Big 56, the South uh-huh. Florida Giant, wonderful WQAM, and you had WFUN. You had people with personality back when radio was fun to listen to. Everything mm-hmm. is... It's, just changed so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, progress has changed. Sometimes yeah. progress is not for the better. Change is not for the better. But uh, we can't stay stay uh, uh, stagnant. And, right. you know, there's that, there's that wave that goes, things go around. So maybe that's where we're at right now. But I don't know that that's going to continue. Maybe. Uh, 
Yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's going to get better. But I'm glad that you are still kicking it uh, on a radio. You have a chat show. Uh, yeah, I do. Well, uh, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights on a chat line called um, the Talk Shop. Mm-hmm. And um, can I give the phone number? Yeah, give the phone number. Okay, it's seven one two four three two. Six four nine eight, and it's open to blind and um, sighted people. It's a chat show where I talk about Tuesday night. It's a show called What's on Your Mind, where you can express yourself. And Wednesday night, it's called The Blind Side of Living, where we talk about blindness issues, and we try... Not to stay too heavy or too current because a lot of people don't really want to talk about that or we try to have open form on both shows, believe it or not. Okay, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And people call in from all over the, all over the country, right? Uh, you press, you press yeah. pound and then number one, and then when it says the room number, the room is 560. As in mm-hmm. WQAM, Tiger Radio. Ah, okay. So Tiger. give us, so what was the number again? Give us the number again, Mike. 712-432-6498. Okay. Press pound. Mm-hmm. And then after you hear the little information, Beep. you press uh-huh. number one. And then when it says to put in the room number 560 and then pound. Okay, all right. And Mike, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you about uh, any uh, speaking to their group, uh, uh, it, is there a different number that they, you want to give? Yeah, 305. This mm-hmm. is my home number. 935-2044. Okay. okay. That's 305-935-2044. Fantastic. So, Mike, it's been great talking with you this whole hour. I appreciate your insights. I appreciate your being uh, on the show today. And uh, my wish for you is just much uh, success as you can stand. And oh, I, hope I enjoyed gonna... it very much, and I had a wonderful time. I hope I wasn't too hard on anybody. I don't think so. I, my, my listeners are kind of tough, so they're okay. good. Thank Thanks so much, time. Mike. You too. And thanks, guys, for listening to us today. This is Carla from the Inside Out. Uh, Be good to yourselves and others today, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.